Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, holistic psychologist and nutrition strategist, and you're listening to Get Well Soon podcast series, the show that explores how to heal yourself with food and the power of the mind. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Meg Hayworth offering holistic wellness solutions for abuse survivors with chronic illnesses using the ACE quiz to assess your risk. It's available on my website at meghayworth.com. So please share this podcast, Get Well Soon, with as many people as you think may benefit. And check out the other podcasts that we have on this series with luminaries in health and wellness like JJ Virgin on nutrition for traumatic brain injuries. Wynn Claybaugh, owner of the Paul Mitchell Schools on the Healing Power of Being Nice, Sujo John, who was one of the last survivors of the World Trade Center and founder of You Can Free Us on freeing women and children from the atrocities of sex trafficking in India and Poland. And today I have a special guest with me um, talking about what I think is a very important tool for wellness. Juicing, um, and the title of our today's of today's show really is To Juice or Not to Juice with Joe Croft. Uh, Joe Croft is a filmmaker. He's an entrepreneur, an author, and wellness advocate. He directed, produced, and was the subject of the award-winning documentaries Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead 1 and 2. Authored the New York Times bestseller The Reboot with Joe Juice Diet and is credited with having accelerated the plant-based eating movement by media outlets, including The Wall Street Journal, The Times of London, and The Dr. Oz Show. His website, www.rebootwithjoe.com, has become an integral meeting place for a community of millions of rebooters worldwide. His third documentary film, The Kids Menu, was released in 2016, which we're going to get to a little later in the call. But um, So, Joe Cross, welcome. Thank you, Dr. Meg. It's great to be back with you. And uh Always, always fantastic to have a chat about whether to juice or not to juice. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I mean, this conversation is something I contacted you about because um, uh, in 2008 when I was – or maybe it was 2011, I was diagnosed with a um, an autoimmune disease, mixed connective tissue disease. And I remember contacting you back then because we'd been back and forth and you'd done a reboot with – Two of my sisters, my brother-in-law, and a close friend um, who coached us through that, and that had been really great. Um, but go, after getting this diagnosis and going to this oriental medical doctor, who was one of the top in the world and who had healed other people or helped them heal themselves, I should say, yeah. um, one of the first things he told me to do was to stop juicing. And I was dumbfounded, actually, um, because I found that it, it had or at least I thought it was giving me a lot of goodness. Um, But he said for three reasons, Um, there's high loads of bacteria potentially um, that can make autoimmune diseases worse. Um, There's no fiber in the juice, um, which is what pushes the waste through the bowels. And without the fiber, there's also high sugar, which can be dangerous, particularly for people with diabetes. Um, So I wanted to know from you in your travels with, um, juicing, what your thoughts are about to juice or not to juice. Sure. So I have a quick question first for you because mm-hmm. uh, did he say not to juice only or not to actually incorporate juicing into your life like on a on a regular basis? What was the was his was his not to juice 
like not juice only, like don't do just a juice um, sort of like reboot or a, a juice cleanse or a juice diet or a juice detox? Yeah, he said no juice at all. In fact, he didn't want me eating anything raw um, because of the potential for bacteria. It wasn't an oriental medical, everything has to be warm thing, which I know a lot of OMDs yeah. do. Um, but from the research that he had done about um, – crops in the U.S. being watered with sewage, for instance, that that people were getting um, foodborne illnesses more from vegetables than they were from meats and eggs and things. Right. So, um, so essentially, he was actually not only against juicing, he was against you having any sort of vegetable or salad raw, correct? Exactly. So yeah. I cut out salads and I cooked everything and yeah, so followed his protocol. Got it. So the first thing I would say is that mm -hmm. the one thing I've learned in the last 10 years that I've been on this journey is that mm -hmm. there is no silver bullet or magic bullet, unfortunately, that works for all of us. The things that I know are actually true for all humanity is that we need air to breathe, we need water to drink, and we need some kind of food substance to eat. And the food usually comes in the form of macro and micronutrients, the macros being the carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, and the micronutrients being the vitamins, minerals, supplements, phytonutrients, etc. And looking at that a very big picture, I would argue that a lot of us in the Western world are not getting enough micronutrient-dense food and we're not consuming enough plant food. We're eating way yeah. too much processed food and animal product. So yeah. with that being the backdrop, um, if we zero in on that, that's kind of the macro picture. And if we zero yeah. in on a micro picture, which is you, it is highly probable and likely, given that you actually got great results from mm -hmm. this uh, Chinese Chinese herbalist doctor. How, how what, what what would you describe him as? He's an Oriental medical doctor. Yeah. Yes, yeah, from his Oriental medical doctor, that mm -hmm. but potentially your microbiome, your your second brain, and when we talk about mm -hmm. microbiome for the listeners, we're talking about the the gut. We're talking about yeah. the level of and different types of bacteria that are living in your digestion tract from from the from your mouth to your butt, and and that bacteria that lives in there. We're learning much more about it. I'm certainly no expert on it, but I speak to a lot of experts on this, and it really is called yeah. the second brain. And it is yeah. becoming a lot, there's a lot of medical research and a lot of interesting uh, data that's coming out that is showing mm -hmm. that this is really connected to our health and our ability for well, particularly our autoimmune diseases and how they manifest in each and every one of us differently. So, yeah. so I think that the way I look at this is I think this is a blessing that you found this gentleman who was able mm -hmm. to tell you this you adhere to it and get well from it. I would, yeah. I would say that in my experience, this is very rare. I, I don't. Mm -hmm. This is not the normal in my experience of the anecdotal um, 
anecdotal evidence that that I have found through the community of, of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that have at least yeah. attempted or tried to incorporate more plant food in its raw in its raw nature into their life. Um, yeah. And and look, that conversation about about American produce and its bacteria, um, there is certainly uh, a case to be made for some produce. I feel to be um, to be uh, to have have negative or adverse bacteria on it. That this, I mean, that's how we get food poisoning, right? I mean, I've had food poisoning from a salad, so in my lifetime, yeah. it's happened to me. But yep. but to say that it's the norm, I think, is kind of. I don't know whether the statistics and the data shows that because so many people are eating uh, fresh produce and juicing and making smoothies and so on that just to yes. look at the bacteria as as that being you know a general rule of thumb across the United States that it's um, it, it's it's got more bacteria than than more harm than good. I, I, right. I, I struggle to to get to a point to agree with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I know too your experience because you had an autoimmune disease that that healed from juicing. So yeah, your so, experience so, so, was a very different one as well. So let's drill down on that because I actually yeah. I actually don't necessarily go along and tell people that it healed from juicing. The, the way I think about okay. it, the way I think about it, Dr. Me, juicing was certainly a factor, but mm-hmm. as you know, with science, it would be, and, and you know, all of my science scientists friends and 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 top level doctors would laugh at me if i made the statement that i was healed by juicing because they know i can't prove that and they can't prove that i didn't so the way i like to to be more accurate is i think that what happened with me is i made certain lifestyle changes yeah that overall had an impact on my body being able to address the inflammation problem that generally speaking is the root of all disease and and that I was able to allow my body to get on top of it and heal itself and that if I return to my old ways and go back to how I used to live, there is a very high probability that my autoimmune disease, which was chronic urticaria angioedema, which is the body basically attacking itself, would manifest itself again. So, yes. So the juicing part to me was very much, uh, the way I think about it, it was very much my way of supercharging my micronutrient intake. Um, it was my way of allowing the body, the digestive system, to have a rest and have a break. It's you know I, I juiced for sixty days. You know that's two months. Yeah. All yeah. I did was drink. Um, I drank celery, cucumber, kale, lemon, apple, pear, some orange, not a lot of orange. Uh, I, I drank watermelon and pineapple. I drank beetroot. I drank uh, copious amounts of different vegetables that are different colors and, and, and fruits. And my, my combination was generally around about 80% was from vegetables and about 20% was from fruit. So 
the actual amount of sugar and the levels of sugar I was having was was not enough to have an adverse impact on my pancreas or or glucose levels where my body wasn't able to produce enough insulin to balance it out. Uh, So so the absence of fiber in my case for a, Uh and I say a short period of time because in the overall scheme of my life, two months is relatively short. To have an absence of that wasn't, didn't have a negative impact on me and also because I wasn't eating any any uh, animal product or processed food right. after two or three days I didn't need to pass I didn't need my bowels I didn't need a lot of fiber in my bowels to get it moving if that makes sense there was yeah yeah there, there was enough soluble fiber in the juice that I was having to have that impact uh-huh. on my bowel and I and I was having right. bowel movements all the way through my 60 days they were they were certainly rare they were every four or five days they weren't oh, twice okay. a day as we like to have them today but right. I was still having them so yeah. so the absence and you know, and this is what I say to people all the time uh, and I really I really think this is the the big there's a lot of confusion when it comes to juice juice unfortunately yeah. is a really uh, it's not it's not the best word to describe what I did the, the best word, the okay. best way I describe it, Dr. Meg, is to say that I drank water filtered through plants for 60 days. <laughs> That's great. And then all the plant compounds that are coming down into that water, you know. Yeah, because, because you know, yeah. if, if we visualize a cucumber and, mm-hmm. and we ask, you know, what, what percentage of a cucumber is water, you have an extremely high number. I think it's in the ninety percent number of a you know ninety yeah. percent of a cucumber or more is water. So, mm-hmm. so when you eat a whole cucumber, the, the main ingredient you're you're consuming is water, H two O. Yes. Now exactly. Now, if you ate a whole cucumber, what actually goes through your your cell membrane of your gut and into your uh, what is delivered and trans- transformed into energy and into the information that our cells need um, is actually not the fiber. It's not the cellulose. The fiber and the cellulose is Mother Nature's way of packaging up that nutrition for us. Mm-hmm. And right. a lot of it is actually in water, attached to the water molecules. So, mm-hmm. so you have... Um, this beautiful uh, delivery system that once you chew the cucumber, once you swallow it, and then enzymes go to work to break down and digest the, uh, say, the cucumber in your gut and your villia and your stomach wall starts to go to work like a big washing machine to, to, uh, to take the nutrients out and then pass on the delivery mechanism, which is the fibrous, cellulose part of the plant, that's what goes out the bowel. So you just take what I talked about then and think about these two machines we can now go and buy it, you know, at any at any any store um, in town. Yeah. You can buy a blender and you can buy a juicer. And what a blender does is it outsources the chewing, our, our masticating of what our jaw and teeth do. That's what a blender does. It just chops it up into smaller pieces. 
And and what does a juicer do? It extracts out. So the juicer really is supplementing what the stomach and the gut action is doing. So so when you drink water versus when you eat a steak, um, if you eat a steak, the function of digestion is completely different for both. And therefore, when you have a smoothie versus having a juice, uh, we see a similar difference in the impact on the body. So, so that's where I think that there's a lot of misunderstanding. But really, yeah. juicing is mostly drinking water. It, I look at it as the true vitamin water. It's the true nutrient water. And the, and the reason you have the colouring in the water, that's the phytonutrient harnessed nutrition that the sun and the earth and the air and the water has um, through the ma- magical powers of Mother Nature uh, brought to bear. Yeah. yeah, I think it's important to note, and you touched on this a little bit, I think it is important to note that the, it's not just the juicing, of course, it's all of the things that you eliminated too. You know, all of those things that were um, contributing to the symptoms that you were having with um having an autoimmune disease, you know, things that we already know are connected like gluten and dairy and soy and um, pesticides and herbicides and food chemicals and all of those things. So when you're just eating a plant-based diet, that's all gone from you. So that's, I just want to point that out to listeners. Yes. yes. So it's not, and what you're talking about is not, it's not so much what you're putting into your body. It's what you're not putting in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No meats either. No, no yeah, plants so, or um, and so look, anyone, animal protein. Anyone who's listening to today and talking about to juice or not to juice, I can certainly not make a blanket statement that everybody should juice in some form. I, I can't. I can't make that statement. Yeah. What I can say though is that if you're having a diet that is very high in processed food and you're eating a lot of processed food and you're not having a lot of whole food, then it's very difficult for you to ignore the biological laws of cause and effect. You know, Is it possible to escape disease with that diet? Sure, anything's possible. Is it likely? No. And so we need to come up with tools. We need to come up with small changes that can enable us to incorporate more whole food. Now, ideally, I, ideally, Dr. Meg, if you're someone who consumes 100% whole food, then realistically, mm-hmm. there's no need to put anything through a blender or a juicer at all. You don't need to because mm-hmm. you're getting, um, if you're eating whole food and that's all you're consuming and zero processed food, yeah. then yeah. hey, you don't need to, but majority of people are not in that position. Majority of people are stressed. Yeah. They're short on time. They're short on money. Mm-hmm. Life happens. They've got enormous responsibilities, whether it's to partners, to parents, to kids, to their yeah. to their job, to themselves. And so we need to, I feel, come up and use technology to help us uh, mm-hmm. adopt certain protocols to consume more plant food. Absolutely. I think that's one of the biggest problems I see my clients having is they don't know how 
to um, simply uh, assimilate that kind of lifestyle into the life that they have. And that's part of what I help coach them with. But I do want to mention here too, that um, since all of that happened, that was like seven years ago, I guess, um, I'm totally symptom free now, which is wonderful. Um, But I do drink green smoothies. I do eat salads. I do have juices from time to time um, that I get organic, you know, like at Whole Foods or Cafe Gratitude or something nearby. Um, So I did return back to that. And I have noticed that um, since returning back to um, green smoothies, particularly, I have one, at least one a day, that I do have more energy, even more, (laughs) which is awesome. And I do... um, I have better, I think I have better sleep. My skin is more, um, I could just tell the, the softness and smoothness, smoothness of my skin is, is, it's just softer and I glow more and all of that. So um, I did want to mention that, that um, 100%. while I was getting well I, and I just did cooked vegetables and I had like lots and lots of soups and all of that. But I think that what's helped are the, the raw enzymes, uh, plant compounds in their natural intact form. I think that has been a big piece of what's, what's pushed my, my health up even further than yeah. it already was. And, and that's fantastic. And I think what's great here, and this is why, you know, I mean, we are learning so much about each and every one of us. And you know, this is the exciting uh, forefront that I'm seeing, and I'm sure you are as well, is really we're moving into the world of bespoke healthcare, where you can use your genome, you know, companies like 23andMe um, that, are, yeah. that you can send off in your saliva uh, for a DNA test, and then you can pull that data and run it through other corporations where you can really zero in on your own DNA and work out what vitamins, what minerals, what supplements you should be really focusing mm-hmm. on. For example, you know, I've recently done this in the past 12 months and, you know, my DNA, okay. my, my genome requires me to be very conscious of, of vitamin E. Um, oh, sorry, vitamin D. Okay. Vitamin D, I apologise. Vitamin D, and, yeah. And so, okay. You know, my, my, my genetic makeup um, makes it more difficult for me on a natural basis to create and retain vitamin D. So that's a supplement I that I should and will have to, you know, really look at and, and, and stay on with for the immediate future and, and possibly forever, which is okay. You know, right. um, and and then there are certain you know complex vitamin Bs and the fish oil that I'm more yeah. I'm more sensitive to needing than maybe somebody else. So so yeah. we are all different, and that's that's the yeah. the challenge we all have is to work out mm-hmm. what what's best for us. But the but the one fact yeah. that I come back to is this word inflammation. Um, to all of the listeners out there that, that are following you and, and deal with this autoimmune issues and chronic disease, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. this inflammation is, is majority of the time, Dr. Meg, at the heart of their problem. And, yes. and, and I, can't, I can't 
begin to be more of an advocate for whole food to be the main benefactor at bringing that inflammation down. So, so like you, you're able to have a smoothie now and, and to do that. I say the same thing as anyone out there who's got a problem, whether it's Crohn's or lupus or Lyme disease or urticaria or whatever it is, once you allow your body the time to get on top of that and restore itself, you can then return in moderation to some of the foods that might be causing you problems today. It's not a lifetime of banishment. And I think this is important yeah. to understand. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, because otherwise if we, if we do this lifetime of banishment thing, it makes it very difficult for people to get their head around that and it becomes all too hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, can't like be. You, you, I you know for me, me there's certain things ever again. Well, I, I you know, <laughs> just, just show me the nearest bridge and I'll jump off it because you know, <laughs> chocolate is one of my favorite things in the world, but it doesn't mean me I too, I love for it. breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, we look at something like chocolate, for instance, and I, I knew one woman who, um, she wasn't, the chocolate wasn't the problem for her. And the doctors told her, don't do chocolate. It's, it's what's making her face break out and all of that. It was the soy lecithin in the chocolate. Yeah. So as soon as she found a chocolate that didn't have soy lecithin in it, she was fine. So yeah. And I think that's important to note that it's often an ingredient that's that's in that product that's causing the problem and not necessarily the good stuff like the chocolate Absolutely. And, and there's another thing you mentioned earlier, which I think is really important for, for me to cover, which is this idea of mm. uh, diabetics. Um, and, you know, we, we have diabetes yeah. is this, is this uh, huge epidemic right now. Uh, I think that yeah. the data that I've read recently is something along the lines I think it was 25 or 28 million Americans have diabetes. It's it's in the 20s anyway of millions. And yeah. we are at 90 million in terms of uh, pre-diabetic. Uh, uh, with 90 million Americans are pre-diabetes. So if you run the numbers on that, it's like one in three are either diabetic or pre-diabetic. So... So, so this is a incredible. This is an epidemic of national crises that is beyond yeah. and above anything we've ever seen in terms of medical yeah. uh, problems, and, and and we haven't even touched on the, the economic impact that this is going to have on on the society. And you know, oh my gosh, five yeah. or six years time, it's going to be a big big discussion. But right now, um, those who are in the know are really aware of this. So. We actually at Reboot, we have a, we have a uh-huh. Reboot, um, uh, we, we, we run classes where people come and join and, 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 and they do what's called a guided Reboot where there's a nutritionist who takes people through oh, nice. the step by step. And we have a specific 60-day guided Reboot for diabetics. And, oh, wow, and okay. so the idea that diabetics can't have juice is just an absolute misnomer. I mean, it's, it couldn't be more wrong. Now, when I say juice, I'm not talking about the juice that you buy in the supermarket that is in the can yeah. at, at ambient temperature that is, you know, pineapple, orange and grapefruit juice and yeah. mango juice. Uh, I'm not talking fruit. about that juice. 
I, I'm talking about right, those processed pasteurized juices that are. I'm yeah, talking about water filtered through plants. Okay, right. and so the, it's it's just important that when we throw this word juice out there, we really understand when I talk about juice, <clears throat> what I'm discussing yeah. versus, you know, like I, I would never suggest to any diabetic, go and get eight oranges and, and run eight oranges through the juicer and drink eight oranges because that's kind of crazy. No, <laughs> that's pretty much, that's but take, sugar, but, sugar but, right there. But taking some celery, taking some, some ginger, taking some yeah. lemon, taking some cucumber, putting a half an apple through. Kale, Spanish, yeah. That, that they can see enormous benefits. So once again, the devil's in the detail mm -hmm. and the bl the blanket mm -hmm. statements are can be a misnomer. Um, also, yeah. then to address the uh, the idea of, of, um, of a calorie restriction and losing weight, I can put anybody on a mm -hmm. diet um, of five or six hundred calories, eight hundred calories, and they will definitely lose weight um, uh, in yeah. the beginning. They'll probably plateau, but in the beginning, they'll lose mm -hmm. weight. Um, the question yeah. really comes down to is what type of calories are we giving the body in terms of what what, yeah. what, what what's in those eight hundred calories? So if I give you just a eight hundred yeah. calories of fast food versus eight hundred calories of fresh. Uh, water filtered through plants that I call juice. If you have, if you have <laughs> those two different factors, we're going to see much bigger difference in inflammation markers. We're going we're to see enormous difference of, of the flooding of the body of the micronutrients and the enzymes. Yeah. And so we're going to see a different health impact. So I don't really like talking about juicing from a weight loss point of view. Because yeah, I think it's it's a bad idea. Yeah, losing weight <laughs> is an easy thing to do, and I say it's easy. Losing weight is easy mm -hmm. because you just do calorie restriction. What is difficult is maintaining the weight loss. Okay, and yeah, exactly. And so the idea of juicing really isn't about losing pounds. The idea of juicing is to reset your taste buds to flood your system yeah. with enough plant food that you now get excited about the idea of eating a huge salad, of cooking some great vegetables and Brussels sprouts mm -hmm. and maybe some sweet potato, you know, yeah. being a little bit careful and not going too heavy on some of those carbs, but just just mm -hmm. enjoying the incredible benefits of whole food. So that's, that's the power yeah. of juicing if you're on a reboot where you're juicing only. From, a, from an everyday point of view, to juice or not to juice, the way I think about it is that I love having a juice per day because it supercharges my yeah. micronutrient intake. If I'm going to work out, I'll have one that's more fruit-based. I'll have like watermelon, pineapple, and ginger. Then I work out. It's a great hydrator. If I'm not working out, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do a podcast interview like this for a couple of hours and I'm going to be sitting at my desk I'm more likely going to be going for the green juice first. Okay. All right. It's a good way to look at it. Um, I, I think you just touched on something really important when it comes to weight loss. And I tell my, my communities, stop counting calories and start counting nutrition. 100%. Couldn't agree um, more. That's more important than, than any calorie counting will be because it's what you get your calories from that matters. Um, 
So, and I know for me, like I have huge amounts of fat in my diet, um, you know, plant-based fats sure. like cacao butter and, and uh, coconut oil and uh, avocados, nuts and seeds and things like that. And, um, but I'm a thin person, you know, <laughs> it's, it's because fat doesn't make you fat, not those types of fats. Correct. And, and, um, so, and, and what's interesting about what you're touching on now is, you know, we're seeing a, Mm-hmm. We're seeing a resurgence in the whole ketogenic um, sort of style of eating, and for those listeners who, who haven't yeah. heard that before, the, um, the the ketogenic diet is when you um, take the three macronutrients, which are protein, carbohydrate, and fat, and you you pump up your fat intake and you lower your carbohydrate intake, and you 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 push your carbs down as low as thirty grams a day of carbs. Um, a low carb diet is traditionally, from my understanding, and the people I've spoken to, measured as fifty grams or lower. And a ketogenic diet is in the ballpark of thirty grams or lower of carbohydrates a day. And to give you an idea, one banana is about twenty four grams of carbohydrates. So that just sort of shows you how few carbohydrates you can have in a day to maintain a ketogenic diet. So, so a keto and, and the and the, the word comes from from uh, the state of ketosis and your your liver producing ketones, which is how your how yes. you you turn those ketones into energy and function uh, as you go forward. So the whole idea is you're burning fat as you go forward and not sugar. But 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 to take a step back, that doesn't necessarily work for everybody. And once again. Just going back to my own self, um, when I ran my my DNA, there were certain genes and variants present that are going to be inhibitors for me to be able to utilize those ketones as efficiently as other people. So, so I'm I'm one of those people that to to run a high fat diet is adversely not it's it's, it's not in the best interest of my system. I'm, I'm better off running on uh, more carbohydrate that's from whole plants, not, not carbohydrate from processed food like, like Oreos, not, 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 but that's a good distinction to make. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's, I, I'm not able to, to run on Pringles, but, um, I, 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 I do run well <laughs> on, on, uh, fruit and on, um, starchy vegetables. So, 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 and that would kind of make sense because in my in my sixty day juice only fast, where I where that's where I I just drank juice, it worked for me. So, so we yeah. just once again we are at this level in modern day technology and science, where we really are mm-hmm. starting to see the differences between each and every one of us, and this whole idea yeah. of one glove fits all really is being um, thrown out and, 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 and got down. Yeah. And as it should be, um, you know, because we are all so chemically different. Um, so that's a really good point that you're making there. I appreciate that. Um, so, Joe, though, um, to shift gears a little bit, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your the, um, the work you've been doing with kids because I think – there are a lot of moms that, that are potentially listening that um, are always trying to 
better their their kids' nutrition, or maybe their kids are sick because they're they could be doing something differently. Or um, so, can you tell us a little bit about your project with children? Sure. Well, we, what we did was um, <clears throat> we we made two films that were predominantly about the the world of healing, and they were they were pretty much you know focused on on the powers of plant food and. Whenever I travelled around the world and gave talks, I was always asked the question, "What about the kids? What about the kids?" And it seemed such a such a big topic that for our third film, we wanted to address this. And so the kids menu, which is out on Netflix, really really takes a a look at the next generation coming through and what we can do to uh, to really educate inspire, um, entertain in many cases, and, and really bring about an awareness and a, and a lifestyle um, where it becomes habitual to eat a lot of whole foods. So what, what we did, we yeah. went across... Do that earlier rather than waiting until later in life when it's really Exactly. Tough. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so what we did is we went around the whole country and, <clears throat> you know, I think that that rather than talk about it, which I, I'm happy to sort of share some of the ideas, but you know, when you when you take a, a whole year of looking at at something and then going out and pulling it together to put it into a one and a half hour story, you know, the film really is the best way to get the information and to see it, you know, happening, see what's yeah. going on in schools and what's going on in your local community and what happens when kids go and work. In, in in school farms and you know city farms on on street blocks um what happens wow. when kids go to doctors and the doctors prescribe them vegetables and fruits rather than medications for their asthma and and and, and we follow these examples and we show where this happens and we show what happens when you put education into schools and kids learn what what sugar is and how it's in what drinks and what foods and 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 you see the power of kids adopting and this knowledge and sort of looking at their parents and saying you know what I don't want to be like mum and dad I I see I see how mum and dad are tired all the time they're irritated they're unhappy they're not they're not full of life and kids look at their parents and it's kind of like the old rebellion of the next generation and what we're seeing is there's a lot of rebellion about not being sick there's there's also a big rebellion about the transparency of what they eat and consume millennials are are are, are like a this generation of wanting to understand what's in the food like they are yeah. label readers, you know. A lot of yeah. parents are not, mm-hmm. which is are wonderful. Not label readers. The other thing which I we yeah. touch on, um, which actually my my most recent Instagram post, um, I, I I bring this this uh, phrase up again, is that the idea mm-hmm. of the nutritional gatekeeper for the family, you know, the person who does the grocery mm-hmm. shopping. They really are the nutritional gatekeeper of the family because what you yes. bring into the home is what the family is going to consume. If you if you bring yes. Oreos in to the house, and there's nothing wrong with that, if 
you choose to bring them in, what you're effectively doing is you're advertising that product to the family. You're uh-huh. putting it in front of them. You're showing them that. And chances are, if it's left in the pantry or on the kitchen bench, they will be eaten. So the same can be said for other types of whole foods that if you bring those in. um, Now, the difference being here is that many whole foods are actually ingredients. They're not actually meals. And this, this is where we've got the next level, which is we need to learn more about how to leave a market or a supermarket with ingredients rather than with meals and and and, and, yes. and and leaving with ingredients enables us to to really be in control of what's going in now the the, the downside of that is we need more time yeah. and we need the education of what to do with those ingredients so but, yes but, yes which is exactly what i help people with but um, and and that I think this is an important piece of the conversation too. Is once you get this into your lifestyle and you learn like five recipes or something that your family loves, um, you can do this over and over and over again, um, and you know vary it and change things around here and there. But um, it's a much healthier way than if you're bringing in the Oreos and the you know, the other processed foods that we know are causing a lot of problems in, with health and wellness. Uh, a- a- absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and you know, we, we go inside um, college and see university kids and college oh. kids uh-huh. actually learning how to make a nutritionally balanced meal for less than five bucks. And so, you, you know, so oh, there's awesome. a lot of that that is seen in the film. But look, you know, it, it, I'm very proud of the kids' menu. It's it's a film that um, it's exclusive to Netflix for now and iTunes. So the only way you can see it is through those two platforms. But it's it's uh, it's something okay. that we're very proud of, and that we feel that you know we we, we, we it's still going to have a long life. This film um, once the exclusivity with Netflix is over, they want to try and get it into as many schools as possible. Ah, wonderful. That's, that's so great. Well, I could keep talking to you about all of this for, for hours because um, I know you've done so much over the last 10 years. It's really been amazing to watch you um, go through your own process and then help people, so many people through their process. Um, it's really an, an amazing service. So thank you oh, well, so thank much you, for Dr. that. Thank you for having me on. And, um, you know, if anyone out there is interested in what we're doing, they should definitely go to Netflix and just put Joe Cross into the search toolbar and um, it's an easy one to remember mm-hmm. and, the, and my movies will come up. Um, and they can also go to rebootwithjoe.com and learn more and check out what we're doing. And um, a lot of it's free. So there are There is some paid part of it to try and keep the dream alive. But, but there's a lot, of, a lot of information there that's, that's free. And... Um, you know, if people, if people, um, you know, I think you raise a really, really, really important point at the early part of the, of today's episode, and that is that, you know, it's not going to be for everyone. But what we've got to do is try and work out ways to test and trial and see what works for us. So, those of us that unfortunately have chronic disease, you know, it's like Inspector Clouseau needs to come out in each and every one of us, and we need to be on the investigating front to work out what works for us on an individual basis.
That's absolutely true. And I was thinking earlier as you were talking too, is that um, when you start the, the connection between the mind and the body and becoming really aware of what you're putting in your body and how you're feeling, just start paying attention to that. And I think that one little thing, the more you pay attention to the feedback mechanism that is your body, um, the more you will learn what it likes yes. and what it doesn't like. hundred percent. You definitely, you definitely have to yeah. have to be very in tune and present in today's world and not just be a bystander. It's about being proactive, Dr. Me, mm-hmm. proactive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Participating in your own wellness. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Joe. I really appreciate it. Always love talking to you. So. Oh, it's been great. I always love it. I look forward to coming back with some new and exciting stuff down the road. Awesome. Wonderful. Okay. Yeah. We'll definitely have to highlight whatever it is. Keep following you. So, um, and thank you everyone for listening to uh, get well soon and please share the show with as many people as you think may benefit. And I know there's millions more. Um, He already, he talked about 90 million with uh, potential diabetes. Uh, So it's a huge numbers of people. Um, So anyway, just make that powerful choice today to take your healing into your own hands and just watch yourself become well. This is Dr. Meg Hayworth. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope this podcast will help you get well soon. For more information, go to meghayworth.com to sign up for our email list, get your free copy of five anti-inflammatory on-the-go lunch recipes, and access to our private Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening.